0: We are the Bride Radio as the voice of the true Bride of
1: Christ. WATV Radio seeks to inform and engage the Bride of Christ The views and opinions expressed in this show do not necessarily reflect the views of We Are The Bride Ministries, We Are The Bride Radio, or We Are The Bride Television. Thank you.
0: Welcome to Fireside Chat with Dr. June Knight.
1: Listen, Bride, I just want to encourage you every morning... When you're praying, you know, we do these Bible studies every morning. And I just want to tell you that I very much treasure this time with you in the mornings. Because I'm learning from these Bible studies just like you do. It's pretty amazing. But every morning when you get up, first thing we should do as Christians is pray on the full armor of God. Because that protects us all day long. And we speak it out of our mouth and we declare that that armor comes on. So let's do it like this, okay? Lord, <clears throat> today I pray on the full armor of God, Lord. I pray on the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, my loins girt about with truth, my feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the sword of the Spirit, and the garment of praise. And I receive this full armor of God on today by faith. Cover me in the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus over me. I plead the blood of Jesus over all my material possessions. I plead the blood of Jesus over all my family members. My all my loved ones. In Jesus' name, amen. So that way we immediately put on the armor and we cover ourselves. Okay? So that was just an encouraging word for you today. Alright, look, bride, today our Bible study is going to be a little bit different because we're doing it on animal worship. Well, what do you mean by animal worship? Yes, listen, people actually do it. Lord, forgive us for worshiping our animals more than you. We will refuse to leave the house because of the animals. (coughs) Excuse me. To minister to anyone we will not obey you as a minister to travel somewhere because of animals we will love the animals more than our own children spouse and even you Lord forgive us for leaning too much affection on your creation versus the Creator forgive us for this Lord help us to get our priorities in order and obey you first listen bride what it is is animals i mean i'm not a psychiatrist or anything but you know just common sense speaking animals are loyal they're loyal and it causes people to feel safe with them because they're you know like loyal and it's the same they can always depend on them but the problem becomes when we cut off human contact and we put it all on animals. And this is a sin. Because our affections are in the wrong place. We need to ask God to heal us. With our hearts. I feel like this is for somebody that's going to be watching this broadcast. People have hurt you and you have put your love in the wrong place and it's it's upon animals where you give them all your love Because you don't want to love a human because you've been so hurt The Lord wants to heal you of that today Because he wants you to have relationships with people And he wants relationships to be healed between children and family members and neighbors so let's pray Lord I pray for everyone watching this broadcast Lord that if that is them because of their hurt from the past that they have leaned too much on their animals because their animals are safe their animals are dependable their uh, you know unconditional love that you will send them people that will help them to be healed Lord, I pray that you reach down in their heart and you pull out those bitter roots, pull out those pains that have hurt them and set them back and caused them to have unnatural affection for an animal. In Jesus' name, set them free today, Lord. We repent for that being an idol. Set us free in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Alright, now listen, I found an awesome website that explains this really good, so I'm going to go off of that. Let's turn our Bibles to Deuteronomy 8, Deuteronomy, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Numbers, Deuteronomy. I rebuke this cold trying to come on me in Jesus' name. Alright, Deuteronomy chapter 8. Remember, Bride, that I read the King James Bible. This is what I endorse, the King James Bible, <clears throat> because I know the story of King James and the Catholics. The Catholics tried to kill him four or five times over this because he got a team of 50 people together to, it, to uh, translate. Good morning, Jean. Good morning, Belinda. To translate into English the Word of God. So, he basically gave his life to give us this. So, this is the one I trust more than. And New King James, they keep out a lot of scriptures. All them other uh, ones, they twist a lot of it. So, I don't, I'd rather stick with the solid. Okay, so let's go to Deuteronomy 8, 11 through 14. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God and not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes which I command thee this day lest when thou hast eaten Well, let's just start from the top. Let's start from Genesis chapter 8. All right. So let's go Genesis 8. Remember, my little man here is from the U version app. I like it when it reads this. Let's go Genesis 8 and start with 1.
0: Genesis 8 God remembered Noah and every living
1: thing. Oh, not Genesis. I'm sorry. Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 8. Deuteronomy 8. Okay, here we go. Let me turn that down a little bit. That was loud. All right. Deuteronomy
0: 8. All the commandments which I command thee this day shall ye observe to do, that ye may live multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers.
1: Oh, okay. Thou shalt
0: remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee to know what was in thine heart whether thou wouldst keep his commandments or no.
1: Alright, bam! That is the Lord talking to us this morning. This is the Lord preparing Moses and his people for the promised land. So he says, uh, And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God has led thee these forty years in the wilderness to humble thee, to prove thee, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep my commandments or not. Any of you that's in the wilderness, that is an encouraging word that the Lord has been testing you, trying you, sifting you, and purging you for, to go in the promised land. Lord, we received that this morning. We are going into the promised land. Hallelujah. And
0: he humbled thee, and suffered thee to hunger, and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not. Neither did
1: thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Yes. Thy raiment wax not old upon thee,
0: neither did thy foot swell these forty years. Thou shalt also consider in thine heart that, as a man chasteneth his son, so the Lord thy God chasteneth thee.
1: What? Do you mean that God loves me and he's going to rebuke me and chastise me? Come on now. That is a mature son and daughter. That is what he is saying. I want you to keep my commandments because I want you to worship me in spirit and in truth. And I want you... To uh, know that just as you discipline your children, I'm going to discipline you. Lord, help us to keep our hearts open. I ask you this morning for that, Lord. Help us to keep our hearts open to to want you to discipline and chastise us. Yes, Lord. For thou
0: shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land. A land of brooks of water of fountains and depths that spring out of valleys and hills Aww. a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates a land of oil olive and honey a land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness, thou shalt not lack anything in it. Yes a land whose stones are iron, and out of whose hills thou mayest dig brass when thou hast eaten and art full and thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee.
1: Oh, yes, Beware Lord. And
0: forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes which I command thee this day.
1: All right, let me pause right here, Brad. I believe this is the United States of America right now. I do. Based upon my travels, based upon my trips to Washington, D.C., based upon visiting all these churches across the country, this is where we're at. When the Lord gave us this country bride. He gave us our milk and honey. He gave us such beautiful countryside. If you've never seen all these different states. It is. I, I encourage you. If God ever opens the door for you to drive across the country. And just look at all the different uh, trees and grass and hills. and Look one time I was driving through Arizona. I'm going to cry but. I was driving through Arizona early in the morning. It was like 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning. I come over the hill and there was those mountains and I had to pull over and just cry. Let me tell you, purple mountains majesty. The way that the sun glistened upon the mountains and they were purple. I was like, oh my gosh, I just had to sing that song purple mountains majesty you know it's like lord you have really given us the most beautiful country on the planet and what we've done in our country is we've taken it for granted we have quit obeying his commandments we have quit honoring the lord we have quit putting Him first in our educational system like we used to, uh, even in our churches. We have spit on Him in a lot of our churches, this new emergent church, this ecumenical movement rising. We have forgot His commandments. And when people preach the commandments of the Lord, they call them evil. Can you believe that? When people warn people of sin... They call them evil. I mean, how sad is that? When they say, you're gloom and doom. You're negative. We don't want to hear negative. We only want to go to positive. Well, you got to know the negative to keep your butt out of hell. (laughs) You know, you must be aware. God is going to whip you sometimes. If you don't ever want to be whipped, you're not a true son and daughter of God. Because we should want him to keep, to always have our heart open to be examined. Christianity, yes, we have hope, people. Yes, we do. But we also have to die. And we have accountability. And we have, you know, the commandments that we have to live by. We have rules. And precepts that we have to live by. It's not open game in Christianity. Christianity. Like how they're saying. Okay, well, let's keep going. But y'all get the point about America. That was my point.
0: Blessed when thou hast eaten and art full, and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage.
1: Thus, that is America, coming out of Britain. We're now free.
0: Who led thee through that great and terrible wilderness, wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought, where there was no water. Who brought thee forth water out of the rock of flint, who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee, and that he might prove thee to do thee good at thy latter
1: end. All right, now. And
0: thou say in thine heart, My power and the might of mine hand hath gotten me this wealth.
1: We can never do thou that, Thou shalt bro. remember
0: the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he swear unto thy fathers yes, as Lord.
1: it is this day. And it shall be, if thou do
0: at all forget the Lord thy God, and walk after other gods, and serve them, and worship them, I testify against you this day, that ye shall surely perish. As the nations which the Lord destroyed before your face, so shall ye perish, because ye would not be obedient unto the voice of the Lord your God.
1: Okay, well that encourages us today, Brian. We want to be obedient, both in our nation, which I'm thankful we have a president now that prays and seeks his face, both in our nation and in our life. Okay, now let me read what this website said about animal idolatry because this is profound. Okay, let me make it a little bit bigger here. Okay, this is by Mike Ford in Forerunner Prophecy Watch, July of 1999. God speaks in very plain plain yet powerful language telling us that if we return to Egypt, we will perish just in case we need to think God is just in case we think that God is speaking only to physical Israel. But Revelation 11.8 says indicates that Egypt and Sodom are ciphers for or types of evil. Christians must come out of Egypt spiritually, just as ancient Israel did physically. When God brought Israel, the Israelites, out of Egypt, they were supposed to leave behind the many Egyptian gods. And we see from Biblical history that this proved hard for them to do. For instance, the golden calf that Aaron made for them at Mount Sinai copied Egyptian bull worship in Exodus 32. Obviously, Israel adopted quite a few Egypt's gods during their long captivity. When God sent the ten plagues on Egypt, He deliberately undermined and destroyed these deities and the eyes of all. Egyptians worshipped all aspects of nature, the sun, the moon, the stars, the Nile River, cats, dogs, cows, crocodiles, you name it, they revered it. Few people have ever been more superstitious. They even honored as gods the onions and leeks from their gardens. Because the children of Jacob lost sight of the one true God, they picked up the beliefs of the taskmasters. We must be on guard against the same thing happening to us. Idols can come in various disguises, but we can learn from history and be prepared now let's Let's review some of the plagues on Egypt, okay, as mentioned before, the Egyptians held the Nile River to be sacred, as they did with many of its fish and the crocodiles that linked its banks. God punctured this belief when he turned the river waters to blood, making it unfit to drink or use in exodus seven fourteen and fifteen Millions of fish died and stank, as did probably thousands of crocodiles. The ancient Egyptians also had a god named Top, represented by a man's body with the head of a frog. Of course, for the second plague, God sent an infestation of millions of frogs. Exodus 8, 1-14 For the Egyptians, this was too much of a good thing. Moses writes that they got into the houses, into the beds, and ovens, and kneading bowls. Verse three, when God lifted the plague, these men of frogs, these millions of frogs, died, and this and it stank up the country for days. In verse fourteen, the third plague striking Egypt unannounced hit the Egyptians in the religious ritual. They were a scrupulously clean people believing that dirt and vermin made them impure and defiled. They bathed and shaved their bodies regularly to maintain their purity and superiority, but infected with lice, Exodus 8, 16-19. They could not worship in any temple. In addition, this plague struck the beast also, verse 17, many of which were sacred animals kept in the sanctuaries. So not only were the Egyptians defiled, but their gods and temples were defiled also. Pharaoh's magicians could not duplicate this third plague in in even a small way. So they admitted that Israel's God was greater than any of theirs in verse 19. God showed these pagan people that he controlled the creation and could do it as he wished. See, When we worship the creation more than the creator, that's a God to us, see? The plagues on Egypt continued in this manner in sets of three, in which Moses and Aaron announced the first two and third would descend unannounced. Many do not realize the length of time over which these plagues occurred. Evidently, Moses and Aaron first went to see Pharaoh in late April or early May. The Nile turned to blood in June. The plagues of frogs did not arrive until that September. Wow! And from that point on, the subsequent plagues came more or less monthly, culminating in the plague of the firstborn on the Passover. That lasted just about a year. Wow! Can you believe that, bride? What the world! The plagues lasted a year? Can you imagine a month long of frogs That is something. Could there be a prophetic parallel here? Will we soon face a similar kind of disruption to our lives? Might something significant and disastrous happen to strike down our gods, first deliberately and then in earnest? Might the plagues of the end time follow this pattern? It is something to consider. But what about animal rights? Well, one facet of ancient Egypt, a primary time type of this world in its sinful ways has a modern counterpart. We could consider them the forerunners of today's animal rights activists, since they honored nature to the point of making gods of all parts of it, especially the animals. Some in America and other Western nations are doing virtually the same. Idolatry is far more than bowing to a statue or practicing occult rites in a ring of standing stones. Human beings can make idols of anything, yes, if they place it before God in their priorities and reverence. Exodus 23. When they begin sacrificing their time, money, and energy to their passion, whatever it is, to the exclusion of God, people cross the line into idolatry. Daily, it seems, the media bombard us with stories on the plight of animals and the cruelty of mankind and nature. For example, a dam that would provide water, electricity, recreation, and jobs to thousands cannot be built because it would disturb the habitat of a snail. Almost no one even knows exists. Landowners cannot build homes on land inhabited by a certain species of mice. Homeowners cannot feel in low-lying, mosquito-breeding swamp areas because they are wetlands. It seems that the inmates are running the asylum. During the filming of the movie's Joe apartment in which thousands of singing, dancing, and talking cockroaches inhabit a low-rent room, the American Humane Society monitored the set to make sure that none of the 5,000 live roaches were hurt. Even roaches have rights. Do animals have rights? Actually, according to God, they do. Deuteronomy 25, four says not to muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain. Proverbs 12.10 tells us a righteous man regards the life of his animal. Exodus 20.10 gives cattle the Sabbath day off. These rights, however, never supersede the authority and responsibility given to humanity. As Christians, then, we are to act responsibly towards animals. Our pets and farm animals should be cared and provided for. Acts of cruelty toward them are certainly out. However, animals are not human substitutes. Many of us have dogs or cats for pets. We love them, and they become like a part of our family, but they are not family. We would be hard-pressed to convince some people of this. While charitable gift giving actually decreases at Christmas time each year, 28.5 million Americans bought their dogs Christmas presents last year. Can you believe that? 25 million or 28 million. June 25th of 1999 is the first Take Your Dog to Work Day. A writer for Time joked that June 26th will be What Does This Office Smell Bad Day? Why Does This Office Smell Bad? Animals are not on the same plane with humans. They are not our equals. No matter how much some assert they are. God has not given animals the ability to think or to reason. They will not be part of this family in the kingdom. They are part of God's creation. Man has been given responsibility and dominion over. Genesis 1, 28. Psalm 8, 6-8 repeats this principle. Okay, before I read this, let me tell you, Brad. Yes, animals can think. I mean, mine is very smart. Her name is Peaches. Uh, I can look at her and tell what she's thinking. She can look at me and tell what I'm thinking just about. Uh, we're like two peas in a pod, you know. Uh, we work per- perfectly together. We flow perfectly together. But when it comes time for God me to do something for God, she comes second place. My priority is with God alone. You know what I'm saying? I love her while I can in the time I have and whatnot, not. But my allegiance is to the Lord. I keep her in her place in my heart is the point I'm trying to make here. Okay, so it says, You have made him man to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. All sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, and the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the seas. This dominion does not give mankind the right to destroy God's creation. Man is to act responsibly. But unfortunately, this does not happen very often in this world. Animals are tortured. Rivers and seas are fouled. Whole areas are devastated of plant and animal life to fill their coffers of big business. In Genesis 2.15, God tells Adam and Eve to tend and keep the Garden of Eden. They were to take what God had made <coughs> excuse me, and work to maintain it and help it produce. They could harvest its bounty and eat its fruit. Certainly, God allowed certain trees to be cut for the wood and certain animals could be killed for their meat. In no way, however, was any part of his creation to be equated with man or to be worshipped. Okay? Worship nature. nature. Excuse me. Deuteronomy 12 is especially appropriate in this regard. When Israel went into the promised land, they were to destroy completely its inhabitants' idols. These idols were often set up outdoors in groves. Were the Canaanites worshipping nature? Yes, their gods were often nature gods. Baal, for one, was the god of storm and thunder, while his consort, Ashtoreth, was the goddess of fertility. Verse 15 allows the Israelites to eat meat, a permission also mentioned in verses 20-22. through In the 1960s, Americans looked Ascans at India where millions of people were starving while sleek cattle wandered the streets sacred and untouched. Isn't that sad? They slaughtered the people but kept the animals alive. How crazy. People were starving but cattle uh, wandered the streets sacred and untouched. Is Western culture much different now? The late Linda McCartney received positive media attention for her outspoken vegetarianism. Many Eastern religions gaining a foothold here also advocate meatless diets. Notice God's instruction in verse 28 and 30. Observe and obey all these words which I command you, that it may go well with you and your children after you take, after you forever. When you do what is good and right in the sight of the Lord your God, take heed to yourself. That you are not ensnared to follow them the practice of other nations. That you inquire after their gods saying, how did these nations serve their gods? I will also do likewise. Bride, I want to tell you, that is new age that is crept in the church. We have brought in these Hindu practices through yoga, new age, and all this other mess. And we have brought it in the church and that is a stench in God's nostrils, let me tell you. As verse 31 mentions, these nations went so far as to sacrifice their children. The ancient Egyptians sacrificed a child to the Nile to ensure fertility in their fields. Is that so far from our modern practice of abortion? Now nearly 40 million babies since 1973, by which people sacrifice the unborn so they can worship the gods of money, career, sex, and the like. I just thought of another idol team. Career. That is an idol. Many people won't even serve the Lord because of that. Thank you, Lord, for revealing that. Recently, my wife Carol heard an interesting exchange on a radio call-in show. A woman wanted to have her cat fixed, but it was already pregnant. If she had the procedure done, the cat would lose her kittens. The lady was being chastised by her co-workers, several of whom had had abortions themselves. What was being said is that the life of a kitten is worth more than that of a child, a future member of the God family. Though we have been given so much, we have failed to dress and keep the blessings we once acknowledged were God-given. In fact... Now we seem to have a national guilt complex for having received such bounty. The proper godly reaction is gratitude, not guilt. But since we are a disobedient people and far from God, we assuage our guilt with stupidity. You know, isn't this funny? This guy wrote this in 1999. And here we are in 2018. That couldn't be more true than today, could it? A few months ago, an otter in a nature park near Miami, Florida, bit a 17-month-old girl on the finger. The park had four otters, and which was the guilty party was unknown. These otters' lives were spared when the child's parents opted to have the little girl undergo rabies shots instead of killing and testing the animals. Though otters are perpetually cute, the pain and suffering this child endured during the ordeal With the shots is inexcusable. Jay Montforth of Fishkill, New York, wanted to keep rattlesnakes off his property, a totally reasonable desire. So he began building a four-foot tightly meshed wire fence as a first line of defense. However, his enemy, the timber rattlesnake, is a threatened species in New York, and the state claims that the fence violated the Federal Endangered Species Act. Wow, can you believe that? God forgive our country. He can't even protect his own land. State lawyers argue that the fence should be torn down before the snakes stir out of hibernation because it crosses their migration path. To avoid a contempt hearing, Montfort tore his fence down on April 13th. Ain't that sad? Well, team, we need to add that in our prayer today about our nation. Our nation worshiping animals. Though these true examples may seem extreme, they are symptomatic of a larger problem, that of ascribing human emotions and characteristics to animals. This, in effect, raises them to the human plane, and when the courts and lawmakers give rights to animals ahead of humans, A kind of worship has begun. Alright team, we're adding that to the prayer list today. Nation. uh, Courts. And lawmakers. Worship of animals. Wow. I'm glad we did this Bible study the day before the prayer. Thank you, Jesus. All right, so a matter of balance, and this is it. So much of a Christian's life seems to come down to balance. We must be able to keep things in their proper perspective. Though God gives certain rights to animals, and though He charges us with certain responsibilities for their care, He did not give them human abilities, human rights, or human obligations. He did not make them in His image. So there is nothing wrong with satisfying, with saying that a human life is worth infinitely more than an animal. We do not need to feel guilty about using the land that God gave us to tend and keep. He has not given us, given it to the snails, to the mice, to the otters and the snakes, but to us, the men and women who are learning the ways to govern far more than land and animals in God's kingdom. God warns ancient Israel and us in antitype. Take heed to yourselves lest your heart be deceived and you turn away and serve other gods and worship them. Deuteronomy 11:16. If we as a people were to turn from God like this, his anger would be aroused against us and we would have no rain the produce of our... the produce of our fields would diminish and he would take the good lamb from us verse 17. Wow, team, isn't that profound? We have got to pray that off our nation today. Yes Lord. could this nation's elevation of animals to near Godlike status be the fulfilling of this prophecy? We need this should be something we should consider. We will pray about that today. Yes, Lord. Thank you for bringing this to our attention, Lord. Yes, Lord. So that's Deuteronomy 11:17. Alright, well, let's pray today, Brian, at the end of this Bible study. And let's pray that we will keep our priorities in order. That we will keep the creator above the creation. And that we will not give unnatural affection towards animals. And this could almost be bestiality too. People that have sex with animals because they probably feel more comfortable. They don't talk back or whatever. I don't know. But we need to pray about this. That this would be, that the cord, you know, would be severed that we would not have this unnatural unnatural tie to animals whether it's affection sex laws whatever let's pray Lord your church comes to you today and we ask you Lord to forgive us for loving your creation more than you we have put our priorities in the wrong order lord And we have loved our animals more than you. We have placed laws that disrupt your kingdom, your kingdom's plans in the earth. Forgive us for that, Lord. Forgive our nation for doing such heresy. For listening to these liberalists, listening to these crazy people causing laws like that, Lord. Forgive us for that. Uh, Help us to change those laws, to make it right before your eyes lord we ask you to forgive us lord for making animals an idol today forgive us for uh loving them and their affection more than our children more than our neighbors more than uh our spouses forgive us for that lord and heal your people today lord anybody watching this program lord i pray that you heal them and that you help them to break that unnatural tie. That soul tied to that animal. Or animals. In the name of Jesus. And this just came to my spirit. Lord, I pray that if people have unnatural affection towards animals. To where it's unclean in their home. Where they have animals that are just trash in their home. Uh, that they would get rid of those animals. That they would not uh reside in that filth uh but that they would be delivered of that lord and that they would want to be healthy uh deliver them of that lord in jesus name and lord i just feel led to pray this i don't know why but i pray if there's hoarders out there people that hoard animals people that hoard material things That they will be delivered of that today, right now, in the name of Jesus. I rebuke that spirit of fear that's holding that person back in the name of Jesus. The spirit of fear that is causing them to want to hold on and not let go because they're so afraid they won't get it again. Or they want to take care of as many as they can because they're so afraid about love or whatever, Lord. Set them free in Jesus' mighty name. I rebuke you, devil, for lying to these people. In the name of Jesus, I pray people will hear the voice of the Lord. And that they will not worship animals or have sex with animals or have unnatural affection towards animals. In the name of Jesus, set our country free, Lord. And we rebuke any... Let me write this down too. It's something we need to address before the Lord again. Any media... That has promoted animal sex. I've seen. I've seen this. Animal sex or worship, Lord. We ask you to forgive our nation for this goofiness, uh, doing this kind of stuff before your eyes, Lord. Forgive us for that. In Jesus' name, Lord. We worship and praise you today, Lord. We put you in your place today. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Alex and Samantha, good point. God's creations are beautiful. And we do forgive these people because they don't know what they're doing in the name of Jesus. Good point. Very good point, yes. Well, thank you all for being with me today. I pray that this has blessed you today. Uh, If you know somebody that has an unnatural affection towards animals, pray for them that that place in their heart would be healed uh, to where they would be able to love a human, you know, be able to have human uh, contact again, and that they would open up. Maybe they've been hurt in the past, and so they have put their love towards the animal, but God wants them to have love towards people, you know, and that they would be restored in that area. And that God would use them, you know, and heal them of that past pain and hurt. So that they can move forward type of deal. In Jesus mighty name, amen. Alright team, well it's been awesome. I mean friends, it's been awesome being with you. And now we we'll to get off here and get on the team call. So y'all have a blessed day.